0: Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to Kirk and Off, a weekly podcast about Kirk Minahan and the happenings inside of his world. My name's Buddy. He's Blind Mike's Daddy. Blind Mike's Daddy, say hello.
2: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, Blind Mike's Daddy, this week we're having a friend of your son's on the podcast. You want to talk about that?
2: Oh, the uh,
1: one and only Ted Wheeler. Uh, Blind Mike's Daddy, I want to burst your bubble, but Ted yeah. Wheeler is the uh, mayor of Portland.
2: What? I mean, uh, Jesus Christ. Ted Sellers, Ted Sellers, goddamn it!
1: Yeah, it was a low blow, I think. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, no. So we have Teddy on. It's it's uh, six thirty right now. We haven't even talked to him yet, yeah. um, but we're gonna talk to him about obviously all the normal stuff we always do about his mini fandom. Uh, we we got to meet Ted and his dad in soccer. We'll talk to him a little bit about that. We'll talk about what goes into some of those um, uh, dramatic um, skits he did with Mike. If you want to say those scenes, mm-hmm. um, but before that, by daddy you ready for the news? Fire it up. <laughs> We interrupt Kirkenoff to find out what's been going on in the Minifan world with Andrew
0: Augustus. Tens of thousands of dollars raised for the Barstool Fund. Censorship makes its way to the YouTube channel. And no new challenge for KMS Trivia Team. That and more, I'm Andrew Augustus, and this is the Kirkenoff Minifan News.
3: The winner of the golden ticket is... You're very nervous, huh? Do you know who this is? <laughs> Is this a name that you recognize? It's not. Oh, okay. Which okay. is great.
0: Oh, great. No, is it? True. Uh, Dale Williams. Sergeant Dale Williams from New Hampshire becomes what some are saying is the closest any Minifan will actually be coming friends with Kirk Minahan, as he is the winner of the Barstool Fund Golden Ticket Raffle. It was announced that Minifans raised $90,000 for the Barstool Fund, which has helped small businesses across the country struggling because of the pandemic. After announcing Williams as the winner, Kirk drew another name of Mike Tagliaferri as his first loser. In a statement, Tagliaferri tweeted out a gif that said, quote, all I can do now is put on a brave face. That $90,000 goes to the Barstool Fund total, which is now over $25 million. Controversy struck the YouTube channel as Justin interrupted the premiere episode of All in the Minna Family, causing co-host Tim Ridgels to walk off.
2: Justin came in and he did what he did. Now, in the moment,
1: I did what I did. I fucking walked off and uh, made my feelings very clear. Uh, I expressed it very clearly. Fuck this. I'm out. I'm done with this shit.
0: The unexpected censorship of the YouTube channel caught Kirk's eye where he brought it up in the show and kind of talked about why Justin was in the wrong. And And a day later, Justin spoke with me and realized he might've made a mistake. And I could see some of the comments were saying, like, what is this? So I kind of let them, or I mean, I kind of took charge. Let it uh, get the best of me, and I I decided to put an end to it, which I I should not have done. Like, looking back, I just should not have done. Justin did issue an apology to Tim and Madawaska Rob for interrupting the show. However, Kirk did give creative control of the YouTube over to the new intern Justin from Milwaukee, also known as Neston, who says he's excited for this endeavor and already has some big ideas.
2: I have a huge announcement by the end of the week, uh, at the end of the month, rather, but I got to work on that one still. I'm looking for porn star.
0: With tensions running high, Justin did plea for a peaceful transition. I implore all the uh all the Justinites out there. Uh, this is a peaceful transition. There will be no storming in Milwaukee. As for all in the Mina family, Madawaska Rob says he is happy to be back and has some big plans for future episodes. We have some fantastic pre-tape stuff. Like fantastic. It is going to be a night for Justin. To just sit there and take his nice big lumps. WCXX's Captain Kirk made his return to the airwaves with his top 20 songs from 1984. And of course, to no one's surprise, the captain hit the post perfectly.
3: 1984 is a year of Prince and the Revolution. The song stays number one. The movie's number one. The album, Purple Rain, the soundtrack remains number one. It's prince's time and the cap does to put aside his few with more stay. It was not pleasant. it was not a good fight. We were both wrong. It got physical. things happen. What doesn't change is Prince remains number one with when doves cry, Prince and the revolution.
0: Lastly, the biography on Twitter of one Jared Carabas has been updated to now include The Kirk Minahan Show. Additionally, Kirk updated his own Twitter bio, which now reads Podcast Jesus, Team Barstool, Son of Madawaska, Blocking Machine, and The Case, Season 1, Boston. Speaking of Boston, it was reported today that Joe Zarbano, the gutless, spineless, waste of a human that was at WEI, has resigned. In a statement, Kirk Menahan tweets, quote, took a couple of years, but a 70% ratings decline eventually gets you fired. Sorry, I mean, makes you announce your resignation. Gutless, cowardly, a liar, treated people like shit. I'll enjoy this one. Well Kirk, I think there's thousands of Minifans fans out there who will enjoy this with you. In the KMS competition world, there was some team turmoil as Kirk floated the idea that Jared Karabas wanted to replace Steve on the trivia team. It was then learned on the Friday show that Steve had allegedly been thinking of replacing Karabas. Now, I have reached out both to Karabas and Steve if there is any truth to these allegations on the show. Karabas did say that it was not true, that he was not looking to replace Steve. And I have yet to hear back from Steve if he was doing this out of uh, to improve the team or just out of spite after hearing he might be removed. With that being said, I've reached out to Jeff D. Lowe, the host of the Dozen, and he has yet to get back to me. If and when there will be another Kirk Minahan Show match, I'm Andrew Augustus, live in the Kirk and Off Newsroom. As always, send your tips to at Andrew Augustus or at Kirkin underscore Off. Now back to Buddy and Blind Mike's Daddy.
1: So, Blind Mike's Daddy, I want to tell you a story about something. Okay. So let's just say Kirkenhoff decided to, like, outsource the news a little bit and have somebody we knew um, from back home help us out with something. And as part of not only as part of that, but we also had this great story that we knew about the news guy, and we couldn't wait to talk to him about it, but we were just trying to figure out the right time to make the story more poignant. How would you feel about that?
2: Uh, and, and different. Uh, I don't know.
1: So that's how we're different people because – I, when I fucking woke up, I, like, and I, I this is, like, if Kirk, when Kirk hears this, he's gonna be like, oh, here's the 8,000th person who tried to be like me, but like, so I fucking woke up that day, and I don't think there's a person in this world, maybe besides for my brother who knows me better than you, so I, th- th- tell me where you think I might be lying. Okay. I fucking almost shit my fucking pants. <laughs> I seen this goddamn fucking thing. I'm like, how the fuck is Andrew going on anal? We told him we want to talk about this goddamn story. And I, and it's, they, I have no problem with them. They, I don't know how they heard, heard that story about Andrew. Obviously, he told them about it, which is fine. I don't even give a shit about that. But, like, so so they talked to Andrew about this story. We've been, like, waiting. And it's my fault. It's totally my fault. Yeah. Blind, Mike, Blind Mike's daddy has been saying we got to talk about this. But I was waiting for, like, Kirk talks about cancel culture every three weeks. Isn't that the joke? So I was waiting for, like, an actual story in our world to come up. and And Trump getting canceled is a huge story. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I, didn't, I just didn't think it was perfect for, the, for like this week. And again, no disrespect to those guys. They did a great job with Andrew, and I don't blame Andrew at all. So, but like, I, just, I saw that man, and I was like, this, this is somebody. I, I've known Andrew for a long time. Um, Andrew was one of the first people I met when I moved to Bristol. Um, he knows a lot about me as well, and he knows how fucking angry I get. And I cannot believe he fucking did this.
2: <laughs> well, I can't blame him because uh, mm-hmm. everybody loves anal. It's fair, uh, <laughs> and they did a good job. I respect all those guys, and, and uh, it's all it's all in good fun. But again, you know, a little lube would have helped. But it is what it is. But yeah. I just
1: you know whatever. It, again, like you said, all in good fun, and we just uh, we just kind of wanted riddle. to, yeah, yeah. We just wanted to drag Andrew through the mud a little bit. So,
2: all right, let's get to it.
1: Lest you think this is fossil, I'll tell you it's not. Joining us now, Black Daddy,
4: Ted Sellers. Ted, how's it going? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on.
2: Thanks for coming on. Um, Before we get into the questions, do you have any favorite moments that stick out to you this week?
4: From this? Yeah. Well, before we start, this is where we can all break character, right? Yeah. Okay, good. So uh, I can actually walk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was all a ruse. (laughs) But uh, no, seriously, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, This week has actually been a really entertaining week of KMS shows, and I know people were worried when they went to three days a week. I've been loving it. I mean, I'm not going to be somebody that would turn down listening to KMS five days a week, but the two-plus-hour shows each day, and this week we got the Wednesday show where they did the top 20, and I mean, who else in radio or podcasting? Does a show like that, and it's met pretty universally with praise online. So uh, it's been a very eventful week. What did I, you... Sorry,
2: No, go no. I no, was no. going to ask him what he thought about the... What did you think about Wednesday's episode? I How loved he, it.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, I love the classic rock stuff that Kirk does. Um, I know, you know, there's a mix of songs that I would never choose to listen to on <laughs> that. Uh, but it's fun listening to him be a Casey Kasem-type host, but also mix in nods to the world and little references that he drops throughout it. So there's a lot of fan service in there. I actually went back and listened to some of it again, and you catch more things the more you listen to it. Uh, A lot of good Easter eggs in there for fans. Plus, Kirk gets to do what he always talks about was his first dream for radio. Uh, So it's nice to, to see him have fun doing stuff like that.
1: How did you, did you like
4: the Captain Hung Well letter? Oh, that one was the best part. <laughs> Kevin's been on a roll lately. Yep. Uh, between the Willie Banger out call that he <laughs> did when Tim and uh, Steve from Providence were in there, and then that letter, again, being about Steve from Providence, was was uh, amazing. It had me laughing. He's You can tell he's having parts in there where he's trying not to laugh and keep his composure <laughs> mm-hmm. and trying to stick to one uh you know thought throughout trying not to break character and i'm sure you've struggled with that too uh blind mike's daddy yeah you know on some of your calls of just uh trying to you know not break it and keep it going
2: right right i wonder how much time he was given to come up with that letter too like
4: from what i've heard it's usually pretty quick turnaround whenever kirk asks you to do something yeah. Um, so, especially for Kevin, like I felt bad that time that he called into the show, and like they just knew right away it wasn't going to work. And <laughs> Kevin would be the first one to tell you that that stuff happens. Right. And you know, even Kirk. Luckily for him, was like, you know, I gave him like a couple hour turnaround, to mm-hmm. to come up with something. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he only had a day or two to do this one.
1: So, some I I think a lot of Meta fans might think this way that um your best contribution to the KMS world was getting Mike to quit um by in your Senate race <laughs> so uh that that being true or or you know maybe you didn't exactly make him quit uh, we could say um but how do you feel about Mike being back on the show like well since he's been back cause he's been back maybe three or four times since since then how, how overall do you think Mike's been
4: I'm a big Mike guy Mike's always been very good to me I enjoy you know doing content with him and I'm grateful that he answered my random DM that I sent him about being a a volunteer wheelchair guy he could push, you know, (laughs) like, you never know what part of them wanting to do things is them just throwing stuff out there, but there's actually no follow through. So, I mean, I give Mike all the credit in the world to answer a DM from this random guy that was like, push me in a 5k -hmm. Uh, because, you know, that very quickly could have just made for just not great content. Um, but we ended up doing it and it went well and I love having Mike back in the world. Uh, I am a big fan of his and I love the shows that he's on. And I think right now you can tell the once a week is actually working great for everybody involved. Mike's comfortable, um, in there. He's a lot funnier consistently when it's the, the once a week for, you know, two, whatever hours. And you can tell Kirk enjoys having him in. Um, and then, you know, after the show, they have another week where they can build up contents and stuff they want to talk about and come back a week later, all fresh and ready to go. It's not every day that Mike's going in there and it's not turning into, you know, strictly Mike just getting shit on, which is, I think what got old for Mike. Yeah, sure.
2: So you brought up the 5k and how, how safe did you feel? Uh, during the 5k and when you guys are training when mike was pushing you around
4: so the first day that i actually met mike we went he picked out this route in a dorchester neighborhood that he grew up in and when i tell you like everything was like splash mountain like how <laughs> steep it was
2: yeah i remember those
5: videos yeah Yeah,
4: the video, there was a periscope where I kind of like took my hand off the wheel for like, maybe a second. (laughs) And I just started flying backwards. Like that was no joke. I I, I was I had it under control. I knew what I was doing. But if I had just let it go, I would have picked up so much speed and just would have ended up like drilling a car or hitting (laughs) like some curb and just going flying scorpion. And when I hit the ground. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it, it would have made for a bad day so even Mike the next day when he went on the show and he was kind of recapping it with Kirk he was like you could tell he was a good sport but the fear <laughs> in that man's eyes <laughs> was very real so that's when we decided to go to the Castle Island where we could film more consistently um, and you know tweet out stuff better than if I had to like help him wheel the entire time
1: how what so you talked about making like those short films with uh, Blind Mike? What what one was your favorite one to do? And did did you have any um, like how did that process go? Did you guys did Kirk send you guys a list of shit to do, or did you guys come up with those things together?
4: Yeah, so I was just sitting on my couch when I got a DM from Steve a couple weeks before the Saco shows. And he had said, hey, we have an idea of how to get you involved in the Sacco shows if you're interested. And, of course, my reply was like, uh, I'm all ears. Uh-huh. And he was like, okay, we're going to uh, have you act out m- movie scenes with Kirk. But uh, if we can get on a call tomorrow, we'll just call you after we record from the studio and we can talk it over. So. You know, at 11, whatever, they called me that next day, and I was talking to all three of them just really quick. It was quick to the point, you know, how Kirk does it. Right. And it was basically like Kirk spoke, was just saying, hey, Ted, uh, so we have an idea that you and Mike are going to film four short movie scenes. And my first question was, great, uh, do we pick the movie scenes? And Kirk just quickly went, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) i have the scenes in mind and he said that mike you know would be in touch with what scenes that we were doing so later that day mike sent me the youtube clip of the four scenes uh that we had to then film so we just you know set up uh, a day that we could record and we actually set up like a nine hour block that we could record if we had to but we got it all done in like three hours and then justin had to edit it for like another day
2: yeah, that, that editing process was quite uh, quite professional.
4: He, he killed it on the uh, editing for that Shawshank scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all, the, all the credit to Justin, but I, I had brought up doing the, uh, the foot sliding off the wheelchair, and then I had Mike tip over the wheelchair as we shot it, and I didn't think it was going to come out that good. But yeah. when we first recorded them, I thought that would be the third best of the uh ones that we did but it ended up probably being the favorite yeah
2: i I, I enjoyed the um i enjoyed the musical
4: that was <laughs> oh yeah the musical one that was that that was good the dance number i mean yeah. yeah are you a subscriber to his patreon oh of course i gotta support my guy blind mike i uh i haven't consumed all the video content that's up there uh, it seems like every hour I get a new video, uh, <laughs> you know, telling me to check it out in my email. But, you know, I hope he's having fun with it. Uh, he seems to enjoy the topics that he talks about. Um, and I actually really liked that. I don't know if you guys have listened um, or if you guys, you know, are patrons of it. But it, I think it was the second free show that he did. They broke down that lady who was wearing the, wearing the collar Daddy hat. Mm-hmm. uh Him and Craig, and I thought that was pretty funny. So, he, a, he has
2: he has a good guest on this week, right? I'm pretty sure he had a. I don't know, but well, anyways,
1: I don't pay any attention to it. To be Who's honest. the guy
4: that's big timing him? Oh, have you I'm, seen that? Yeah, I'm not sure. There's like okay. some Lewis guy.
2: Not Louis C.K. <laughs> no, I don't think it's Louis. <laughs> that's his guy. Yeah, he's got. That's a, his guy. Yeah. I mean, come
4: on, it's a hero. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Pants
4: oh. off, dance off, Louis CK.
1: Well we all saw what he did with this hero Bill Burr in the lobby. He just sat there awkwardly. So, yeah. so maybe he would just let What are
4: the odds though that like Mike goes to Barstool and Bill Burr's just there and he's just clams up?
2: <laughs> uh hey. Um so obviously the name of the show is Kirk and Off, so I want to bring it back to Kirk. How did you how long have you been into Kirk? When did you start listening? Was it WEI? Was it his transition or barstool? How did your fandom come about?
4: So my dad is actually, uh, was the first Kirk Minahan fan um, in the household. When Kirk first, you know, got on with uh, Jerry and uh, Dennis, John Dennis, um, he was the one that, you know, always had the replays of the, you know, that day's show in podcast form that he would listen to. He was always like playing segments and stuff. Uh, but I at the time did not really listen to the radio. So I wasn't, you know, super into it and towards the end of the W E E. I days is when I started really paying attention and then when you got to Barstool I was always a huge Barstool fan. So it was kinda no brainer to start listening to the podcast and from day one I was just like, This is this is what I'm missing, you know. I, I this is the content that I'm here for and that first you know, what was it? eight months to a year that he was doing the show and just putting out these three to four hour shows and they were all over the place. And then, you know, it started opening up the world more to like more people. And it just became like a everyday appointment, you know, always have to listen that day before I go to sleep. So you talk about your dad,
1: obviously, um, Vimex daddy and myself met you and your dad in Saco. So, so, I know Blind Mike's dad. I just tried to bring it back to Kirk. Let's move it back to Blind Mike. If <laughs> if you were put on the spot by that, like like by your employer, it's like to do com like to do a stand up set. Like, do you have anything canned? Like, are you surprised that somebody who loves comedy the way that Blind Mike says he does didn't have anything like just ready
4: to go? So it's one thing to think that you have it until you hear it out loud. Uh, it's it's not really a fair comparison for me because I have done comedy now for almost four years. And I know my 10 minutes of like, that's good material. Mm -hmm. And I could go if I went to any venue that I haven't been before, like, that's probably the 10 minutes that I'm doing. Because I know those are the jokes that are consistently gonna get laughs and stuff like that. It's really, you know, tough when you're first getting started. Because when I first got started, I got laughs, but I was probably more of like, polite laughs because I was brand new. Or the second time I ever did comedy, I completely bombed. Like, not blind mic, show your titties level of bombing. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was it was close, you know? I think I went up there and I told a 9-11 joke that just was <laughs> not thought out. And people were just – I immediately I felt the room not follow me on where I was going with it, and I had to just go up there and talk for another two minutes without any other backup jokes. And it was just terrible, but – I wish that Mike especially now that we knew, know that he got tipped off about it before that maybe he did prepare a little something but at the same time it was a, it was a win-win for Kirk. I mean course, yeah. either he goes up there and bombs and you know we have the still images now that are some people's Twitter avatars <laughs> of, <laughs> of him taking his shirt off from Sacco and and all that and then obviously what it led to afterwards is you know given just, his- a plus and, for content for them, and
1: and may, maybe you have a um, a great reason or a, a great answer for this. But is there a reason why um, you don't you're not involved in more like Minifan content? Um, is it is it like because of your comedy stuff, or like it seems to me that the Minifans really like you, so it's it's kind of surprising to me that you're not on more like like Mike and the Minifans or Justin and the Minifans, whatever that became, that kind of stuff. Yeah.
4: yeah, I go on, you know, when when I'm asked, and you know, if as long as uh, I'm not like working or something like that, but. For the most part, I don't want to just, like, go on to go on. Um, mm-hmm. I like doing stuff when I can actually feel like I can contribute. And as we've seen, anybody who's been on the YouTube constantly, I mean, they end up getting <laughs>
5: – people <laughs> yeah. are
4: kind of sick of seeing them and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not trying to you know, piggyback on anything. I truly do love the Kirkmanian show. And if they want, you know, in any way to be involved in content, I'm always, you know, around and will do, you know, whatever – i can to get a laugh and help you know them out in any way and you know i appreciate them giving me the opportunities that they have given me so far um and you know especially blind mike for being cool through the whole thing because you know we both know that that can be kind of a weird situation to be in um Mm -hmm. you know like i don't know how i would be in blind Mike's situation i'd like to think that you know, I would also be like, you know, cool and wanting to do the content, but you know, that was his territory and he, you know, was you know, graciously he shared that with me.
2: So you said your dad was the original Minif fan in the in the Ted Sellers household. So what does your dad think of your involvement in the show? Is he does he love it? Is he listen to the podcast as much as you or
4: Yeah, he listens every day um we talk about it all the time like whenever we get together that's pretty much what we talk about is you know anything on the show or you know in the world and stuff like that my dad uh is on twitter he more of just kind (laughs) of like some people know you know who he is on twitter and stuff uh so I know Ziggy Robinson will, like, DM him about Kirk and, and uh, Bruce and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, so it's funny when he – he's more of an observer than a tweeter on yeah. on on Twitter. Uh, but he enjoys it, and he thinks it's really cool that, you know, I got to be involved in any way with the show. Um, and, you know, will ask me, like, oh, what do you think Kirk thinks about this and stuff like that. Um, so it's definitely been something great for our relationship as, yeah, cool. uh, you know, to have somebody else that's, like, super into the show to talk about it with.
2: Yeah, I I wish I had that with my son, too, but...
4: (laughs) You could have. I mean, we we know he needed the love, so... (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, think what could have been if you hadn't just walked out all those years ago. You have
4: that relationship with Elba, at least, though. Oh, (laughs) Elba.
2: (laughs) Um, Go ahead, buddy.
4: Ted, can you explain to me the the Bush Light love? (laughs) So, it started in college. Um, I first bought Bushlight one because i was pouring in college Makes sense. and i went to school in connecticut and it was like 17 dollars for a 30 because they have different tax than like in massachusetts Mm-hmm. So I would buy that, and then nobody would steal Bush Light from the fridge. If you get, like, <laughs> one of the better beers, like a Bud Light even, you know, people are going yeah, to either missing, grab that or be like, oh, let me get a beer. Nobody asked to get a free Bush Light beer. So it's it, it started there, and then after uh, college, I just kept drinking it because it's one of those beers that you can drink, like, nine or ten of them, and it's at a certain point just becomes water. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I always liked it for that reason, and now it's become a thing. And now Bush Beer like tweets back at me <laughs> if I like tweet at them, right. but I still wish that they uh, they went with, uh, you know, they 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 gave me more of like a sponsor to do it. Like I I would love to just drink Bush Light on Twitter and have them be like. You know, okay, that's our brand now—the Wheel <laughs> Deal brand.
5: <laughs>
4: I mean, we could have commercials. We could have like T-shirts that are the handicapped parking sign holding a bush light. Bush. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, give me a push and a bush. <laughs> you can't tell me those wouldn't fly off the shelf. <laughs> oh. I.
1: I had like a similar experience at college with uh, Keystones where I actually just picked them up at a random college at uh, a random party at um, Roger Williams. Yeah. In the, in the town we're from. And I, I, like, went on a Keystone kick, like, the rest of the month. I was like, nah, I kind of fuck with these. But, like, really, they're just, like, shitty Coors Light, so it's just, like, worse. You know what I mean? I think they actually
4: use recycled Coors Light cans <laughs> as Keystone cans. <laughs> that could just be one of those, like, myths I heard in college, though, that nobody just, actually, like, yeah, did any research sense. on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got a question for you guys though. Oh, okay. m- more specifically, Blind Mike's Daddy. So when you first started doing the show, All I know right. Kirk likes ragging on you because like you break character on it, and yeah. you bring on other people that break character. Were you nervous about losing that, you know, allure of like who Blind Mike's Daddy is?
2: Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's always a concern. I mean, that's that's a that's a reason why right now that I haven't called either because uh, <laughs> I I don't like to get too close to the. To the flame in regards to getting called out but it, it's it, it we knew it would happen you know yeah and it's a, and it's a risk we took and um I, i'll call in i got some stuff working working you know and i just we, we just picked up the ball we felt like there was a, a not like an opportunity to like just talk to other minute fans and and get their story you know that not not many people were doing so I don't have any regrets I hope
4: now, many people don't know this, but the original reveal of who the pastor was yeah. uh, was going to be back right before, right when Blind Mike quit the show.
5: you right.
4: were supposed to call in the day that he announced that he quit to endorse me <laughs> for yeah, Senate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then obviously that all got put on yeah. hold. <laughs>
2: yeah, I had I had a <laughs> I had a bunch of different ideas um, for that Pastor Jose. Like I wanted to do an exorcism because. The church was next door and I had set it up perfectly where Kirk was going to, I was going to ask Kirk if he would exercise me and then the demon would come out and the demon would be
4: blind Mike's daddy. But, <laughs> but
2: it, it's, I think it still worked out well.
4: You I, get some of the best like shock moments when you were f- like first calling in as blind Mike's daddy and you would do the other voices before <laughs> like they yeah. revealed who it is. Like Steve, yeah. a couple times on those was like,
5: no way.
4: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So we'll see. I I got something I'm coming up with right now. I'm bounce it off of Tim. I bounce it off Buddy, and they give me feedback, and we'll see how it works. When I finally get to call.
1: Nice. Speaking of that Senate campaign, are you disappointed in the way that that finished? Like just like I mean, it kind of seemed like like we like they had a pretty good idea, and then all of a sudden it just like went by the wayside.
5: Yeah, I mean I'm.
4: Obviously, I'm a little disappointed that it came to the end that it did because, I mean, as I've said on this, I, I do like Mike and I, you know, d- never wanted him to get into that position. I did not know he was, you know, that depressed at the time and everything like that. And, you know, we were going at each other on Twitter pretty good mm-hmm. uh, leading up to it. And, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes what's all in good fun and what somebody might actually take personally. I mean, we know this this world can be pretty cruel, especially <laughs> online sometimes, but you know, I was texting Mike pretty consistently throughout it. So I, you know, I thought it was all good to go. And then, you know, he calls me Saturday night and basically it was just like kind of having a meltdown. And I was oh. like, Whoa, what is going on here? And then, uh, afterwards, you know, we talked it out and, you know, we were cool about everything, but then, as of Sunday, it looked like we were going to be going back to it, and then I found out, like the rest of you, that he was leaving the show that Monday.
2: So he just brought up something interesting. I don't want to go into private conversations because you, you don't want to break that trust. So so he, he called you on Saturday, and was the pressure of the campaign getting to him? or was No, so it was after
4: I went on uh, Mike and the Minifans, and I'll talk about it because I've already – said it elsewhere yeah I think, um, I think we talked about this
1: or not we but this was talked about on, on like the main show
4: yes yeah they the talked main about show. it yeah <laughs> on the main show <laughs> <laughs> everybody just block them <laughs> no, I'm, just kidding. No, no. No, I'm just kidding i like manners i do uh um,
0: <laughs>
4: i just want him to get rattled it'd be funny if one person blocks him because i said so um, <laughs> Uh, no, so he called me that Saturday night after I went on Mike and the Minifans fans and teased that if he doesn't drop out of the race by Monday, uh, and Steve from Providence was the one that told me to do this that I will reveal, you know something so crazy on Wednesday at the debate that you know not only will he lose Kirk's trust forever, but you know his future on the show may be in jeopardy or something like that. And I don't know what he thought that I was going to reveal, but he called me that night and basically was like, you got to, you know, tell me what it is and all this stuff. And it was wow. just that Steve from Providence texted him a few days before Saco telling him that he was probably going to have to do stand up. And, oh, you know, see. he didn't he didn't become prepared. So I just wanted to have ammunition to use on the debate that we were supposed to do on YouTube that Steve was going to moderate. Uh, And I figured, you know, if I use that, then that would be something that on the show they would play into because it was directly show-related. So I thought I had a pretty good ace in the hole to drop on him at the debate. And then this feeds into, like, what Mike's been saying about how he got super paranoid and he was, you know, making up things in his head that people were going to do to him. And he... I think I can't speak for him, considering me kind of a friend. And I would, you know, consider Mike the same. So maybe that's why he reacted the way he did is because he thought I was trying to ruin his life over a fake Senate (laughs) campaign, which I like explained to him as he's like yelling at me that night like mike i i don't care if i win the campaign i just want to do something that's funny (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i thought this was like just content for the show and we ended up you know he called me back after the initial one and we we smoothed things over and then we talked again sunday morning um just like okay let's go back to the campaign let's kind of cool it on twitter for the day to let things kind of feel out and then are you guys still friendly Yeah, we're still friendly. We still talk. Um, But on on that Monday is when I found out that he was leaving the show. So I remember watching that and just being like, well, I guess the campaign's over. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I felt bad that it came to that. But at the same time, obviously, it wasn't just the campaign. I know everybody likes to joke about it. But he had things that, you know, you could tell were boiling up that he needed to take care of.
5: Yeah, and
2: work out, yeah. Yeah. I think I think it, I think we all can agree that it's worked out for the best just based on the episodes he he's been on since his return.
1: Yeah, I think I th- I think uh that's kind of arguable like uh in terms of like content for the show, like this is what's best cuz like Ted was saying like in the role that he was in, he was getting beaten down and and he actually kind of maybe like wasn't contributing as like the funny guy so much anymore, but like like men have said, and many other people ha- people have said, and Kirk's made the jokes uh, the joke a hundred times. He walked away from like a podcast that that was doing really well, and that he can maybe do we like make a bigger jump from. But instead, he just was like, "Nah." Like, but there is something, of course. We say it every time we talk about this. There's something to be said for the dude just being happy, you know.
4: Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's got to take care of his health more than anything. And it's nice to see that now he's become kind of, and I'm going to make a cheers reference here, the norm of the KMS universe, (laughs) where once a week, like, he just comes in, and everybody's like, Mike, you know, and he sits down, he does his Mike episode, and, you know, then he's, you know, back a week later, and when he was in there every day, I mean, I remember he got constant shit online Mm -hmm. from people that just said he wasn't funny, and... Uh, you know, they were sick of him on the show, he didn't do enough, and yeah. I mean, yeah, he was if you're already hard, kind too. of paranoid that people yeah. have it out for you and you're reading that stuff daily, yeah, I mean, he's pretty, pretty smart pretty to kind of, yeah, he's kind of smart to kind of limit what he does on Twitter and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's really not for everybody when it comes to, you know, being on there, and I can only imagine getting, like, hundreds of messages like that.
2: Yeah. But, I'm just, like we all said, I'm just happy that he's doing better and he's still in the world. At least he didn't leave us completely.
4: Yeah, I'm shocked that he went out of Portnoy. It. Yeah.
2: It's the, the,
4: that, you know, that's a bold move for somebody that's still using the KMS podcast to promote yeah. their own brand.
2: <laughs> that, was, that was something he had to get off his chest, you know? No, I agree. And, and you know there wasn't too many ramifications, I don't think Portnoy tripped back too much, so it worked out well for Mike. I think
1: Dave just had that one retweet where he was like, this guy's still around. <laughs> yeah. like, was, it's a perfect reply.
4: Right. Yeah, which, I, I mean, it's pretty benign, too, of all the things that he could have said. So, yeah. Are you impressed with Jared's knowledge of the Miniverse? I am. So I want to know
1: what parody account he runs. <laughs> oh yeah we gotta figure that out i mean he says he hasn't tweeted anything so that makes it maybe like a little bit more it's, difficult it's,
4: but yeah but it's like somewhat even like weirder, like weirder yeah. that he uses a parody account to observe yeah he's just like a but warrior. does not yeah, tweet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so like at any moment he could be watching <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or throwing a random like <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he's just so immersed like he he knows what's going on and
4: it's it's addicting like i know like i tried to like you know dip the dip the toe in or the wheel whatever (laughs) but it just it just submers like you just get submerged in in the universe you know you really can't just be like oh i'm just listening and i know sometimes kirk complains about that but uh it's hard man it's it's you know it's it's fun to be in who do you prefer in that third chair uh, I'm a. I like Blind Mike. Uh, I like right now that I don't have to pick.
0: You know, yeah, Blind yeah, Mike's sure. happy
4: with once a week. Jared's happy with his Friday show. Uh, I never thought that Jared would consistently be on the show like he is. Uh, I was a fan of Carabas since I was probably in college, if not like right after. Uh, I, I used to read his uh, columns that he used to write on his Red Sox website. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've known about him for a while and I know people kind of thought he was going to just bring boring baseball talk, but he's actually funny and he goes into like his WWE character mode at times, um, or even when he's talking like his failed relationship advice, Mm. (laughs) like. That story, I was I was crying laughing when he was telling that story about timing himself to eat the raviolis.
2: <laughs> and then, like,
4: he, just, like, how he could deadpan look at, like, his date and be like, how long do you think it'll take me to eat these raviolis? And she's like, I don't fucking know. He, he must He's have, like,
1: I thought about that, but, like, he must have just been like, I'm never going to fucking see this girl again anyway, who gives a fuck? You know what I he mean? He had He's to kinda, have.
4: Yeah. I, I feel like there's more to that that he didn't let on. I feel like maybe he was just like, you know what, this isn't going anywhere as yeah. soon as he fu- saw her. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, or
1: maybe he just was like, I'm probably just gonna like, like, no offense, mom, if you listen, like, I'm just gonna hit and just like be like, all right, like, you know, yeah. like, we'll worry about it some other time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had
4: he had a gift card <laughs> to, to the restaurant. Yeah, he like, yeah, federal Hill. yeah, he said he came <laughs> to Providence too. I was like, what
2: Ravios. the fuck? Meet <laughs> raviolis and Federal So, we, we, we just discussed about having the third chair and rotating. So, Ziggy had an excellent call today. I think he rattled Steve again a little bit, hmm. so he 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 posted a poll, and the question was: Are shows with just Steve and Kirkman better, or worse, or the same as shows with Kirk and Blind Mike or Jared Carabas? So, as of right now, there's only 136 votes. But where do you where do you think the poll's trending towards? Uh,
4: I'm gonna guarantee that the poll is killing Steve. Yeah,
2: so Steve, the <laughs> the shows. Yeah. Uh, seven point four percent is Steve's shows are better. 20 mm-hmm. percent are Steve's shows are the same and fifty five point nine percent are Steve's shows are worse and then you have 16 percent are just show me the results so I don't know it's
1: what those it's are. it's almost unfair to be honest like like that question because it like, is you know I, I, like the extra person just adds extra like just extra content and extra view it, it takes some of the pressure off of Steve it lets allow Steve to like bounce in and out better, which is kind of like what his job is right? So I just, I don't know. Like, I hate hate to be the guy defending Steve. Like, like, Visionless Steve doesn't need help defending Steve. But, like, you know, I I just feel like it's unfair. Ted?
4: Uh, Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, Steve gets a lot of shit online, so that poll is already set up to kill Steve. Because as a whole, Twitter seems to even the people that kind of didn't like Steve before, now that he's really the only other consistent voice on the show... People now have just put it, that all to hatred towards him. Anyways, uh, the the show works best, in my opinion, with the third voice. Mm-hmm. So I agree that it's set up to already skew towards Steve's not going to win this poll, but at all. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But but Steve's even funnier when the third person's in there, because he can pick his spots of when to speak, and some of the best moments is when Mike hears something that Steve says and calls him out on it. And then him and Kirk just make fun of Steve or whatever it is that he said,
2: <laughs>
4: you know, like it's aunts and aunts was a perfect example. Uh, a lot of times when Kirk's getting on a roll, he doesn't pick up on something stupid that Steve just said. Like there's been times where I'm like, what did Steve just say? But if it's just him and Kirk, like sometimes he just keeps on moving cause he doesn't even hear it. Mike's always good to stop and just be like, no, 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 no. let's go back to what you just said. And then they kind of riff on it based on that.
1: Do you you agree with the idea that Steve's checked out?
4: Uh, I think Steve's really overwhelmed with what he's doing. And I don't mean overwhelmed as in like he can't handle it. But I'm sure that this is uncharted territory for both of them. He's really into whatever it is that they're researching, collecting interviews for, uh, traveling on top of that. Um, I know that... You know, it's a it's a lot that Steve has to balance that he's working on. And he was never in his past like a comedy podcast guy. Mm. So I think there's an element to him that just feels like, you know, this is my priority right now, meaning the secret project. And I'm just going to show up and bring the clips I need. And we're just going to kind of bullshit for two hours or three hours, whatever they want to do. Do you think and, overall
1: that, that Steve is, like, no longer, like, a fan of the Minifans? Like, do you, do you think
4: he's out on us? I mean, it's hard to take shit constantly and still, tr- like, I don't think Steve feels like he needs to defend uh, the Minifans, especially the ones that he knows he's not going to win over, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, the, there's people who forever are decided that Steve sucks, it doesn't matter if he does what the, what you know, they want him to do. They still are just going to be the same people that hate Steve. It's become a thing to hate Steve. And I don't know. I think that he knows it's a job at the end of the day and he's going to do what he thinks is a good job at his job. And I don't think he needs to be, you know, be winning the fans over in his mind. I think he likes some fans. Yeah, of course.
2: Yeah. But I think like some of that Steve is. Is just done in jest, you know. Just like I don't know if you watch WWE, but like when when John Cena comes out, people boo John Cena. It's a kind of right. now taken. It's kind of now taken as a sign of respect, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's probably some legitimate hate for Steve out there, but I don't I don't think it's as much as we'd like to think because there's not many people that can wear all the hats that Steve's wearing right now. Like you said, he's he's got a lot of shit on his plate. That we probably don't even know about, and and you know, it's just it's it's tough. To just to always you, sucking up to
1: Steve, by my standing. Always I just it. sucking right up. Why, buddy? You're not you're not a Steve guy. <laughs> no, I love I love Steve. I think all conservatives in the Northeast should stick together. So I think. <laughs> like, oh, so you have to. He's part yeah. of the tribe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
5: <laughs> do you, did,
1: what I percentage? I just called a rhino the other day, which is totally not. I I just said it I was mad at him. It's just not true. He's not a rhino.
4: What percentage of him? Do you think we'll forever look at the Grace Curley show and think what could have been
2: <laughs>
4: i My
1: guess is that Steve wouldn't make the kind of money he's he has a chance to make if he if if there was the Steve Robinson Robinson show you know what i mean yeah. like in, and maybe I maybe that's just totally unfounded. We know he makes six figures here he probably wasn't going to make that with Howie now if the secret project like blows up like it really could and they get, actually get good at this and they get like crazy deals from Barstool. That's a that's a bracket that they weren't even like he was never even like gonna
4: sniff with, with Howie signed, Carr
2: that he signed up for, yeah. Yeah.
4: I think Steve is a perfect example of take a chance professionally, especially if you believe in something, because he could have just stuck being Howie Carr's producer. Maybe he ends up getting the Steve Robinson show, Robinson Report, whatever he wants to call it, mm-hmm. you know, mid lunchtime talk show. And as you said, he doesn't have a chance to sniff the kind of money that he's probably going to end up seeing especially after the secret project comes out it seems like barstool the way portnoy talks about it and erica talks about it they're going to promote the shit out of it and you know obviously we know he currently makes six figures so i think that he took a huge risk like two years ago when he first signed on to do this and it's paid off for him
2: yeah and it he you you're right he did the right thing because if you think about where radio itself is going and they talked about it a little bit about it again today when they were talking about that uh, uh, job opportunity at WEI <laughs> that Mike had tweeted out it's just it, there wouldn't be no you know there's no up for steve if he was just thinking radio where podcasting look where like he's branching out you know he's doing the Kirkman hand show now they have this investigative podcast there was more opportunity, and hopefully more money, like we were all discussing. But let's, well, let's hold on, um, hold on, and okay. and I think
1: I think and if you go back to um, the pod, the podcast episode that Jonathan Scranton and I talked about for the wrap up, uh, the dark time, dark side. Uh, Kirk says in the episode that like he like cultivated Steve's whole fucking personality. Like Steve would still be a drip outside of Kirk, so like. In, in order to make money, and I know this probably sounds a little bit random, but in order to make money like in radio, like Kirk did and Jerry did, you have to be fucking like interesting. You know what I mean? Yes. And that, and like conservative radio is huge. Like Rush made a killing, Venture Pierre makes a killing, but like, does Howie Carr make a killing? And like, what do you, you're eventually going to take over for Howie? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, like, we like this, to me, like, I, like, you know, I'm, ju- I'm just defending Steve's decision, really. You know what I mean? But, sorry, go ahead.
4: And it, it must suck knowing that, like, say, like, he did choose the Howie Carr career. Like, at most, you would just become another Howie Carr when less people will probably listen to that type of radio going forward. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like seeing such a low ceiling of what you could be in, like, the mundane, everyday, next, like, 40 years of what you're going to have to talk about kind of must suck (laughs) so i'm glad for him that he was able to to do this and if you go back and listen to that first episode of the kirk minahan show i mean steve's not great in it (laughs) yeah he's dry yeah and and like you can tell he's trying you know like it's not a natural like this is my personality on the show Mm -hmm. he's trying to be a character to rip off of kirk and kirk throughout the next couple weeks like really kind of says okay steve like you are funniest when you're like have weird things about you. Yeah, just be and the self, more please. we find out about your weird main background interesting. And you know, we all like to you know, make fun of what we found out, but that stuff was hilarious. You know, and even now when he just talks about how he just shot a snapping turtle in the head. <laughs> My grandmother and, asked and, me to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was like, Well, there was a couple of us and then yeah. the Tig thing recently <laughs> Yeah, We're yeah. still finding out such weird, and and the best part is you don't know what's true or not. You don't know <laughs> well, what's embellished. Are, yeah,
2: those are serial killer tendencies though. They they, they start off with anim- <laughs> yeah. you start off with animals, and then it goes to humans. So. Yeah, they can't.
4: Oh, absolutely. The, he definitely has like a shoebox in like a closet somewhere that in, cannot be by the pool. In
1: the same episode. Blind Mike's daddy like nuzzles up to Steve and then calls him a serial killer. I don't know what well, your motives what, are.
2: What 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 about the big swerve? In this new podcast, that Steve's the person that Kirk's been looking for this whole time. Yo, oh. <laughs> like no, what if
4: what if this is all just an attempt to get Steve to admit something? <laughs> oh, just to admit one lie, like it all goes like, back to like
1: I couldn't actually dunk, even though we have video evidence. I hope, I hope
2: Ziggy's listening because this next call should kind of call Steve out. That would be the most
4: <laughs> impressive thing Kirk has ever done. This has been a two-year con of, like, he gives Steve the producer job to get close to him, and he brings him to all these random places where these paid actors are waiting for them to, like, fake some crime just to get, just to get Steve to reveal that he is the one that committed the said crime.
2: <laughs> what a story. Um, before we wrap it up, I am want to just talk about you really quick. Uh, you talked about your love for comedy and that you've done some stand-up. Is that something you're going to continue to do? do going forward or do you have any acts i mean we can't do anything right now with covid but what's the future yeah, for
4: it, Ted? so it's been a tough year as far as doing live comedy just because everything shuts down right when things started opening and you know people were doing stuff at 50 percent then the numbers immediately started going up and now you know we can't really encourage people to gather in groups to listen to comedy um and I never really wanted to do like I, I see some people that do comedy, do like live Facebook jokes and stuff like that, and right. you know I'm 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 good on that. I just don't see how that really works, and if people you know like doing it, then that's fine. Like that's totally up to them, but it's not really for me. Uh, I like the live audience and being able to like play off reaction and everything like that. What I was doing up until COVID happened is I was doing brewery shows where they would let me book the show and then we would sell out like a hundred tickets every time. Um, so we kept doing it at the same brewery, uh, you know, once a month and we were consistently getting people to come back. And I hope to be able to do more shows like that, just, you know, at more places, uh, once, you know, we can actually have people gather. And, you know, it's you can't beat like it was like 20 bucks. You get two hours of comedy um, and, you know, people come in, they drink beer. It's a closed off event. Uh, It's 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 cool. It's fun.
2: Yeah, you get to practice your craft. So like how long how long are your sets right now? What are you averaging?
4: So for that, for those particular shows that I would book, I would host. So I would do like 10 minutes of jokes at the beginning and then sprinkle some jokes in between bringing people up on stage. Um, and then uh, for other shows that I'm on, usually people put you on for like 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, if you're headlining, you do 45, but I definitely don't have 45 minutes worth of yeah. of material. But there's some people that uh, are around that, you know, I've had headline that, you know, do awesome work, and they've been doing it for you know almost probably a decade now, if not more. Um, but you know, I actually yeah, I got to do a show with uh, Jerry Thornton before, um, from Barstool. He's a super awesome guy, yeah. uh, local on the on the South Shore, so right. uh, I randomly see him around places. But he's he's a he's a good guy.
2: Right. So did you are you you've done stand-up at Comedy Connection, right? Or were you guys going to do Open Mic Mike night? You and Mike or something had discussed that before?
4: Yeah, so it was back when uh, I had first kind of got into the world. There was that uh, Shane Gillis was going to be there.
5: right?
4: Um, but I actually ended up closing on my house the weekend that the show was. <laughs> so I was like, all right, yeah, I'm not going to go to that. But I, I know Mike still went. Um, but that was, I think, towards – was that in august yeah that was in august um but i've done like laugh boston i got to do the house of blues before just as like an opener but uh it was cool just to you know be up on stages like that and have people come see comedy even if it's not specifically for you but after the show you know if people come up to you and say they enjoyed it or whatever like you know it's a it's a good feeling it's 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 definitely good therapy to i do a lot of self-deprecating humor um you know i i kind of like shit on myself or how people you know react towards me and stuff like that and kind of say things that uh you know people might not say to me or uh it's you know it's great to be able to joke about stuff like that and as you guys know like i i don't hesitate to joke about mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <Yeah>. things
2: <laughs> so um before we wrap this up do you have do you want to put your Twitter out there, do you, do you want to promote anything? Do you have I, anything?
4: To- yeah, I mean, if uh, if you guys want to follow me at at TedSellers11, um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I don't really have much to promote right now. If you didn't see the Golden Blobes, you can check that out on the Kirk Minahan <laughs> Network. Uh, number one on the Kirk Minahan Network, shout out to Blobe uh, for uh, you know putting that together and Matt Carano and Justin for uh, helping out. Um, ju- that Justin will always be number one, Justin, in my eyes. Oh. You know, <laughs> nothing, nothing against the new intern, Justin, but you know, I'm a, I'm a big Justin guy.
2: Buddy, you have anything else?
4: Um, no, I think.
1: I think that's good. I, I can't imagine Ted's gonna pick up any fucking followers from an episode of Kirk and Off. But we'll see. Hey, it, we'll it re- reminded camera. me a
4: lot of when Kirk went on Quantum Week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. Chris <laughs> gave him the big intro that they talked about today. Uh, <laughs> but yes, if uh, if somehow this you know gets weirdly spammed to some website where they don't know who I am, um, <laughs> at Ted Sellers Eleven.
1: <laughs> I think we have we have one follower, a one listener from like Eastern Europe. So you know that. Oh, part. nice.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Experience. VPN. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. they all count the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks so a much for a on Ted. listener is a Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
5: Eric. Yes. This is Ted. Blind Mike's wheelie for the five K. How are you? <laughs> oh, Ted. How are <laughs> is you? Is it really? Hello, how
3: is it going, Ted?
5: <laughs> What's going on, Mike? We're... Thank you for answering uh, my DM. My DM pleasure. Today. Thank you for reaching me.
3: What's your? What is your? I'm looking
5: forward to it.
3: Are you legitimately disabled?
5: I am legitimately disabled what my is your, entire life. What is your issue? Well, it started yeah, why with a Why don't you just get up pop. and uh, <laughs> show some fucking gumption? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, yeah, the issue. Yeah, I mean, what's wrong <laughs> with what's you? What's your
3: disability? I should say. I, I, I don't mean I, issue. What part of you is less than a whole person? Problem.
5: <laughs> I uh, I'm in a wheelchair uh, because I have brittle bones. So it's a genetic birth defect. Oh jeez, since birth. But uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to barking out some commands on you yes know, where Mike needs to go. I've been practicing yelling left, right, stuff That's like great. that. That would help. I think. So <laughs> <Yeah>. is
3: this? He'll <laughs> to do that. Is the is the brittle bone situation going to be a problem if Mike Ooh. like trips and dumps well, you out that. of the wheelbarrow? How about like uh, like? Uh, that seems like, I think it's How about like a wheelbarrow? Wheelbarrow. <laughs> Wheelchair, well, whatever. He, uh, <laughs> I think, like, you know him what? Him. I think I we'll have to go this normal wheelchair, Steve. Just a, a lob this kid onto a dolly, <laughs> a wheelbarrow. I don't know. I'm more concerned about in in uh, Ted. You obviously, know much better than I. So if Mike's running, like I, I remember when with Harry and Kate, when I was little, I'd push them in the running strollers, you know. And you would once yep. in a while bump into just your basic bumps in the road, you know, your whatever, you know, roots or something. Is that going to affect you or no? Yep.
5: Uh, it shouldn't, but uh, I was also wondering what kind of course we were looking at doing.
3: I thought we were going to do a smooth track, but we might also need some foam or some bubble wrap or something. Mike, you should go.
5: Uh, we, you know, we're, I mean, we're... if we did, if we did a smooth track, yeah, um, I feel like we would, we would have no issues. Okay, at good. All. That'd so, be the so Ted, where do you live, Ted? Uh, I live in Taunton, Mass.
3: Taunton, Mass. Are you able to get around Mass? Can you get rides play- around Massachusetts all or?
5: Do yeah, you, for that Saturday, I can meet forever. Okay. okay,
3: good. So maybe Mike should go where I'm going. It's in Chelmsford. It's the Bruce. I'm, okay. uh, I think a bunch of men of fans are going to be there. I don't think Ted, you don't have a compromised immune system. I'm sure. So we can, if people are around you, it should be fine. <laughs> if that's an issue.
5: So uh, we'll keep. Yeah, as long keep, as everybody like coughs on me and stuff. That's yeah. we'll do that, Ted. I like Ted.
3: So there'll be plenty of distancing. <laughs> but but the Bruce Freeman Trail where I'm running is super smooth.
5: Okay. Straightforward, right. straight. It's a straight I mean, out.
3: It's a mile one point. Whatever it is, one point uh, six out, one point six back. That works. So Ted, you understand Kurt, that if you have
5: it, to say that this is the first time I've ever paid to not walk.
3: <laughs> Ted, I believe Ted <laughs> did say he does comedy. Do, do I see a comedy I'm team here in the future? He <laughs> said, I think he does comedy, right? Am I wrong about that, Ted? You do comedy, Ted? I do. Give me a couple of jokes.
5: Uh, I mean, stand-up doesn't really work that way, or in my case, it doesn't knows. work at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's already good. I like that. All right, go ahead. <laughs> um, I don't know. He kind of put me on the spot. Uh, I did have a question, though, for Steve. Oh, he sure. Good. to know more about the app? Yes. So, Steve, is this going to count steps? Because i got to tell you, I wasted a lot of money on a Fitbit before, and it's still <laughs> stuck at zero. So I just want I mean, to make sure guy- that Mike feels me. It's
3: going gonna, it's gonna to count steps and distance.
5: It'll count my steps. Okay. Distance, we're good. All yeah, right. yeah. I just want to make sure.
3: So you you understand wow. though if if something does happen Mike's and Mike, Mike Hurst guy arrive all the way to the new co position <laughs> he's, 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 he's gonna drive you right in the seat I can bring them back the impaired podcast <laughs> that'd be good let's <laughs> yeah. to that.